Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. What you're about to experience is a free, worldwide interactive broadcast from Ontario, Canada. We broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Get your questions in. Join the community chat room at www.category5.tv or email us at live at category5.tv. And now, let's begin. Here's your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to episode number 250 of Category 5 Technology TV. Nice, nice to see you. Smokes. Did I miss a couple? You missed a couple. Missed a couple. Yeah, it's you been just, like six weeks, just, buddy. You didn't invite me for a while. Yeah, how you been? I've been fine. Yeah. You know, I'm still walking. You've been busy, sir. I have been playing all kinds of music. This yeah. weekend, Canada Day weekend, I... Uh, at five gigs, and I probably five turned, gigs? I probably turned out. You can tell by the voice. This is this. It's not whiskey. This was from not singing. This time. <laughs> it was from singing. Yeah. So uh, everything went well, and you know what? I I had so much fun this weekend. It was yeah. it was terrific. Yeah. Um, we did a couple of things with B- Billy and the Kid, and we did yeah. some kids' music out there. And yeah, uh, that's cool. We played out at the uh, Berry Hill Farms, which is. You've been out to Berry Hill Farm. Yeah, oh, there's Billy there. and the we Kid on the button. So we did some kid stuff out there, which was yeah. absolutely a lot of fun. And then uh, on Canada Day, I played with my one of my best buddies in the world, Steve Ayers, and we did... I didn't realize I had this much in my repertoire, but we did like four hours of nothing but Canadian music, and it was just really? absolutely... A four-hour CanCon set. It was, it, was, it, was, it was one more Canadian content than allowed by law, is what we were uh, saying. Wow. And then I uh, played down at the Queen's Hotel. They got the streets blocked off in Barry. Uh, they sure do. Or, uh, they sure do. <laughs> as, as Eric discovered well, Actually, evening. I don't know if anybody was watching the, the backstage thing here. I scrolled in here, bought it. 6.59 and 3 and seconds, seconds and plugged in my mic and said, hey, I'm here. here. I'd forgotten about the, uh, the the detours in town. Plus, they have some roads, you know, closed just for fun and frivolity, promenade days here in town, but they've got roads closed because they thought, why don't we start construction the week that promenade days start? That's a so fantastic can, so. On a parallel street, <laughs> yeah. on like the only parallel street. I had to go up to Bayfield, I mean, Kendall's down yep. Bayfield, and uh, anyway, you don't know where that is, but Believe me, We're talking, it's not the shortest route. It is not as the crow minutes. not as the crow flies. Yeah. Hey, it is uh, Tuesday, July the third. Happy Canada Day. Uh, the extension. Canada Day. <laughs> Canada yes. Day. The extension. <laughs> I had a, a one extra duh in there, but Happy Canada Day. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Depends on where you place it. Uh, and also, Happy Fourth of July to you tomorrow as well. Yeah. So not only extension, we got the prequels. Too. Yeah. Yeah. This so. is like a week of uh, right. of celebrating this week indeed and fireworks and, and oh gosh i gotta tell you my dog is not happy with fireworks you know, oh trying to take the poor little deer for a walk mm. <laughs> and they're everywhere and, and, Every, and they're everybody's everywhere. It's got not just the ones that the uh, you know they do the, yeah. the you know the, the municipal uh, folks put one on but uh, i mean like every clown down my street had fireworks out in the middle of the road or mm-hmm. some over in the park and and the yep. dog was going nuts well it waited for a long time before it wanted to go to the bathroom. That's all I can say. <laughs> my son Liam. It was concerned. Yeah. My son Liam is uh, about one and a half years old, and he was there at the fireworks with us down at Barry's uh, Kempenfelt Bay. Oh, nice. And he was there, and he was wide awake, but and he didn't cry. He didn't whimper or anything. He just put his face into his stroller so that he was like this, oh. so that he couldn't see any of the lights. <laughs> and then what was hilarious is he didn't he didn't watch any of it. it. It was I don't know if it was frightening or what. He didn't act like it was scary. He just oh. didn't didn't want to see it. He didn't seem too interested. Totally covered his face, and then right at the end, not even looking up, so he's still like this. Yeah. And he goes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I've got a couple of suggestions in the chat room. There's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I check out Caesar Milan's uh, remedy for uh, dogs with noise issues. Yeah. But then uh, Agamotto's, uh, you know, his dog's been sleeping with earplugs for the last couple of nights. The dog has. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, night. <laughs> actually, you know what? Th- this little dog, and, and it is just a little mutt, but I love the heck out of it. But I used to have a German Shepherd slash greyhound cross Mm. and if you check the list for dogs with noise issues they are the top two so this dog was big and Mm. would get under the bed this much space and it would would shake oh wow i didn't know we had the magic fingers turned on on this bed (laughs) anyway it was wild anyway so you know what we've got we're going to talk about security protection for your website including uh proxy blocking and bad bot protection and more sounds good yeah 
Yeah. Does sound good. And uh, what have you got coming up in the news? Well, I don't even know yet. Maybe I should check that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to tell you, folks. I was I, I got here just uh, literally, just, just in literally. Did in we the... mention the construction in Barrie? <laughs> if you're from the Barrie area, what are they thinking? You know, and so the detour sort of takes you down these little back streets over by Queens Park. Here's and the road that brings you here. Oh, you can't even see that. No. Here we go. Okay, let's. <laughs> okay. There's a road right here. It's closed off for promenade. Yeah. Okay? So July 1st party weekend. Here's the road that uh, runs parallel to it. It's closed off for construction. Yeah, but Here's a road that comes to... all the way up here and way over here, you know, a couple kilometers up this way and then down this way. You literally had to yeah. go up but, there. But I was coming from the uh, strawberry uh, farm where yeah, I was yeah. doing my gig the other day, and I had to go to the Queen's Hotel, which is, should be a 10, 11-minute drive. Sure. It took me 35 minutes. Isn't that wild? Because right? <laughs> one of the north-south roads is closed, too. So, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's lots of fun. Crazy. Anyway, coming up in the news. Apple has succeeded in getting Samsung's Galaxy Nexus banned for sale in the U.S. Whoa! That doesn't sound like they're playing well in the sandbox. A new brain scanner has been developed to help paralyzed people speak by spelling. The world's thinnest transparent screen made of a soap bubble. What? Okay. I'm going to want more information on this. (laughs) And Twitter tries, albeit unsuccessfully, to protect its users' privacy and rights in court. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Thanks, Eric. Of course, join us on our website uh, through your mobile device. Let's see here. It is m.cat5.tv. All you got to do is just scan that with your QR scanner or visit it in your mobile browser. Your hair looks great, by the way. I, I was just wondering, the are camera's there any, on, you know? any hairdressers out there who might just want to, you know, throw in a freebie haircut? To, I don't know. <laughs> uh, sometimes I think he thinks that the camera's not on, you know. No, no, I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Preening <laughs> for our adoring public. M.cat5.tv. <laughs> hey, check that out, all right? Uh, also, we love, love, love to receive your postcards, and uh, we have got some contests coming up where you can win. Eric, how can they send in their postcards? Well, you know, you could send it snail mail to Category 5 Technology TV, Post Office Box 29009, Barrie, Ontario, and that's in Canada. L4N as in November, 7W as in whiskey, 7. <laughs> All right. Always with the whiskey references. All right. Did you know in Canada we spell it without the E, but in the U.S. they spell it with an E? Whereas normally, when we spell something differently from the Americans, we add a letter. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's thought I'd like an, share that. Yeah, a, a U. We had lots of U's. It would be whiskour if you... <laughs> <laughs> how that works, you know, I just that's Canada for you. Oh, my. Eric, my man, it's good to see you. I was mentioning, <laughs> we were mentioning about postcards. You were wondering if you were going to see me, weren't you? <clears throat> well, it was getting to that point, but we're, yeah. I think we're far enough along in our relationship that I know that if you're not here two minutes before the show, that you'll be here. Two minutes after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Send in your postcard because we are going to be giving away a Magic Jack on July 17th. So uh, we're going to be drawing names from postcards. Also, if you can't get a postcard to us right away, make sure you send us in one anyways. However, you can also give us a call, 2545-CAT5-TV. That's 2545-228588. And leave us a voicemail saying why you think you should get a Magic Jack Plus. And uh, tell us what you're going to use it for, why you'd love to have one. And that's going to include a full year phone service, absolutely free, wow. including long distance service for Canada and the United States. So don't that, miss out on my that friends, is a heck of a deal. Yeah, you know, send yeah. us a postcard. All right, we're always going <laughs> to. Here's the thing: is we're going to keep those postcards, and if you hadn't already won with your postcard, you're still going to be in the draw. If you sent one two months ago, you're you're already in the draw. Well, how way cool is that? How way cool? I'm going to send in a postcard. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Speaking of on-air team sending in postcards, I, I did receive one from Hillary, and I don't have it handy, and uh, we're going to check that out. I'm going to have to bring that up next week, unfortunately. Okay. But uh, that just reminded me that, yeah, Hillary uh, sent us one from, where is Hillary from hiding? Cuba. Cuba. Cuba, working on the tan. Wow. How unfair. Although we can work on the tan here in Barrie. 
So yes, actually, you know, I, I was under a, a big umbrella while I was playing yesterday, but as the sun went down, I could feel my shins starting to warm oh, up. Oh, no doubt. You. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, I've got an email here, Eric. It comes to us from Hong Zhang in Shanghai, China. And you remember uh, cool Hong Zhang, who, who is he's basically becoming our, uh, our go-to guy for mainland China. Uh, because right. you know he's he's been there, letting us know how things are going with uh, with Category Five working its way into mainland China after Re- breaking through the Great Firewall of China. Wow! So good news. Uh, Hong Zhang says, "Hey guys, today is July first. Written a couple days ago. All right. I am glad to report that the new RSS feed is working pretty well in mainland China." Thanks for all you've done to make it happen. It is really a gr- it's really great news to Chinese viewers. Well, this coming from a viewer who went to school in Germany, found out about the show, moved home after school, and could no longer watch the show. So now, from home in mainland China, Shanghai, uh, Hong Zhang is able to watch the show. So, how was he able to do that? Our new website launched on Sunday okay. afternoon. Right. Category I, I was playing TV. guitar somewhere. And, I know. Yeah. I know. Category5.tv now supports what's called the alternate feeds. So if you go to the show, RSS feeds and subscriptions, you're going to see here are the main feeds. These are the ones that we have always had. And then over here are the alternate feeds. These feeds will work, uh, as far as I know, anywhere, including mainland China. They get around all of the issues, all the blockades that uh, that exist there. And if we go up, I'm, I'm logged in right now, so I have the members menu, and I can get things like coupons and the photo gallery. And here's our, our new improved viewer location map. And one of the things that's very, very exciting is a couple of weeks ago with Hillary here, I, I brought up the viewer location map, and we could see that the eastern area of China, was we were starting to see some viewership taking place. Over the course of launching our new alternate feeds and the ability for mainland China to be able to watch the show, it's astounding to see that we actually have a a very large, growing number of viewers right in mainland China. So to all of you and to Hong Zhang, it's wonderful to have you viewing the show. Nice to have you here. Even have That is pretty cool. I see a couple of... There's somebody in Kathmandu. There you go. Nepal. That's pretty cool, too. So that's wonderful. And, you know, this is an area of the world that previously couldn't watch the show. Uh, I'd like to get the word out to North Korea if they're... So how popular is Linux in uh, China, or do you have any well, stats I, on I that? I don't... I, I haven't actually looked up those stats. Yeah. Um, I know that um, in Germany, the UK, Netherlands, yeah. Ireland, it, it's it's a, it's growing in its popularity. Got a couple of folks in... Well, actually, we had a postcard from Afghanistan a while back, yeah, didn't we? we sure so did. Just a couple yeah. of viewers there. Check out Some the viewer location map. Nobody in Laos. Nobody, eh? <laughs> it's interesting to look at the trends of, of you, our, our wonderful viewers. and, and Okay, well, I want to know what island that was right That away. one right there? What is that little island right that there? That is a viewer from Funchal, Portugal. Wow. Just a little tiny uh, looking island there. Oh. I'd like a postcard from there. Love a postcard That's where I would like a postcard from. And you can see that we're we're growing in popularity here. You haven't really worked your way into Madagascar, though. Not yet. We've been working <laughs> on it. We've been working on it. But uh, in particular, very very pleased to have our Chinese viewers yes, watching indeed. the show. And uh, and I know if you are watching live, it's it's very early in the morning. If you're watching on the RSS feeds, it's wonderful to have you here. And and please do spread the word because this is really the beginning of our launch into uh, mainland China. And uh, so it's uh, yeah. it's an exciting time. Uh-huh. Actually, I have a question. How about I, I see we've got some way up in northern Canada up on Hudson's Bay. Um, What's the internet coverage like up there? I know well, it's a I bit of a challenge. Probably a satellite. Uh... Yeah, it's quite possible. Thing is, though, is even when you're in remote areas where you can't get good internet, because our show supports RSS feeds, you can download the show oh, okay. on demand. or like You don't have to stream it from our servers. You can get it 
uh, you can download it overnight and then watch it in the morning. So okay, that's very cool. Yeah, Miro Internet TV is a great program that uses that kind of technology. It syndicates the files to your computer or synchronizes them, whatever you want to call it, aggregates the RSS feeds and copies those files onto your computer every time we launch a new show. So Wednesday afternoon when we uh, bring out Tuesday night's show, it will automatically download to your computer using software like that. iTunes is also supported, and cat5.tv slash iTunes if you want to subscribe to that. Just can't get away from us. <laughs> really, you know, it's all about global... We are infiltrate. Yeah, actually, well, it's world domination is what we're working on. The way that I always saw it, and, and this was my thought when I realized that we were blocked in mainland China, is that... Is pinky in the brain? No. <laughs> the, the way that I always kind of saw it was that... This is the World Wide Web, and it should be a worldwide medium. I understand that there are certain things that you want to block in certain countries, and that makes sense. But this show, you know, we are generally non-political and uh, certainly never try to uh, put any politics into the show. It's really quite uh, quite clean as far as that goes. Yes. Would you like very, a coffee? Very little We're pushing sex. our coffee. Very little sex or politics or violence. A little bit of well, talk about, a little bit of violence. A little bit day. of talk about whiskey. Yeah. Is this whiskey coffee. or this coffee? Is, this Do we have blue, coffee or whiskey? Blueberry coffee. Oh. To get us... Blueberry... Uh, that sounds wrong. It's pretty delicious. This comes to us from Muskoka Roastery. And uh, I think you I think A roastery. Like yeah. That's a new Give word that. for me. Give that a try. I, I thought I was the word guy, but roastery. Is that a is word? Is that a real word? Did I make I'm, that up? I smell berries. Yeah, it's very nice. Kind of reminds me of blueberry waffles or something. Mm-hmm. And it's good and hot. Nice. Nicely handled, Robbie. Nicely handled. Nicely done. Nicely done. Okay, so we do have to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with your viewer questions uh, in just a moment's time. And then, as Eric was mentioning, we're going to be looking at how to secure up your website, add some uh, blockades to keep people from accessing your site through open proxies and things like that. Excellent if you're going to be doing any e-commerce or if you want to protect yourself from malicious users. Stick around. We're going to be right back after this. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV. And Category 5 TV is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And also a member of the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. That so list is getting long. It is. Oh, oh. hey, go. find us online, category5.tv. New website launched this past weekend. Very, very excited about that. We're starting to receive your viewer questions off of our new website as well. Cat5.tv slash ask if you'd like to send in your question. Now complete with remote support. So we can remote actually support. we can bring up your computer screen on the show. Imagine that. Oh, my. Yeah. This could be fun. This could be fun. All right. How about some questions? We have Excellent. time for some questions today? I'd love to receive your questions. <clears throat> did I mention I did five gigs and I've been doing a lot of singing and I have almost no voice? <clears throat> so if you hear a little cough or a gravel, it's, it's that's what caused it. <laughs> Here's a question from Mel. Sounding Mel a bit Clark. like Rod Stewart there just at last night's gig, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I was playing down on Dunlop Street. They've got the street closed off. I'm on a patio and... Right across the road, there's a, a brewery in town. It's a, a small uh, microbrewery called Flying Monkeys. Yeah. So I'm at the Queen's Hotel, and Flying Monkeys is across the road. And uh, I'm playing from 3 o'clock till 10 nominally. I, I went a lot longer than that. But, oh, okay. Um, at 6 o'clock, the other band was starting up, and I sort of said, guys, you know, we're going to have to kind of cooperate because it's, it's like... Did you take turns? It's crossroads, so we uh, split sets. And, oh, seriously? Oh, it was great. That's Actually, funny. these guys, Joe Huron, uh, Erwin Giles, and uh, um, Mike Batram. You might know him. He's a real estate guy around town. Okay. But, my goodness, they were good. Hmm. And and it was great. Like That's I was doing a lot of acoustic stuff and everything, yeah. and it was... So their patio was watching me and clapping and cheering me along, and then when I'd stop, 
my patio was cheering them on and it was it was just it worked so well we <laughs> no, cooperated really well it was just a really nice fun? night it was yeah. it was exciting anyway we camera guy was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have a question from mel clark hey mel. and he's running zoran os 6rc great so I installed the Zorin OS 6 RC a couple of weeks ago, and it works great. It is, is it necessary to install the final release, which just came out, or will updates make changes for me? Thanks in advance. Mm. Love the show. Keep up the great work. I don't know the official response to that, Mal, but uh, I would get the impression that uh, you're with the release candidate. Just let it do its, all its updates, and you'll be good to go. Unless there's something that's broken in there and you want to get a clean install. I personally like to do clean installs, but even with 12.04 on my wife's system, I had just gone from the release candidate right up to the full version once yeah. it came out. You're going to get all the, the updates and patches anyways, so generally, technically, it's going to be cleaner to do a full install because they may have removed some packages and things like that that, that may linger on your system after an update, but at, on the same token, it's it's going to be the same operating system when okay. it's all said and done once you've got all your updates do a dist upgrade on apt-get dist-upgrade and a friend asked me a question regarding upgrades and stuff but actually he was having problems with his i know it's a windows thing but his windows system and uh he could not get back to his desktop etc anyway did a, a repair install yep. and so he got his desktop back saw all his files really yep. excited but not one of the programs works. No. How would you go about realigning those with the registry? Or that's the problem. Are you pretty much reinstalling everything. The yeah. programs are there, but they're going to have corrupted the, registry they don't work. entries and um, probably DLL version mismatches okay. and stuff. Chances are pretty good. Like if if you had Windows, say Service Pack three mm. on XP. I'm guessing this is an XP machine with a repair mm -hmm. install. So. If you had SP3 on there and you're running whatever application and then you do a repair install using SP1, oh, right. you will have out-of-date mix-match packages. <coughs> so rerun your updates to SP3. Try to get your system built up to that point that it was at before with all the right service packs and all the right patches from Microsoft Windows Update, and then hopefully it would start working because there might be DLL. Of course, the real answer so. is have really good backups and do a clean install. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> However, that wasn't the case. In yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Repair install is, is pretty good, but you need to, if you've got applications, it could definitely break them. So, Okay. We've got a question here from Robert Gerzinski. Hey, Robert. And running Ubuntu Linux 11.10. Hi, Robbie and oh, Hillary. Well, it's Eric this week. But <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Eric. I'm not sure we've met, but yeah. Hillary's way cuter. Did I say that out loud? I didn't mean to. Um, sorry, Hillary. Um, hi, Robbie and Hillary. I have a problem that I was wondering if you could help me out with. We have a new product that our company has developed, a people counting system that connects over the internet to allow us and the customers to view the traffic. I am able to set up the product within our own network, i.e. setting time server, IP address, net mask, gateway ports, etc. Mm. This is fine as it allows me to check the system that the system is working. What I want to do, which I'm not sure if it is possible and how difficult it would be to simulate someone else's network <coughs> using IPs, etc. that we can get from them. In a lot of cases, we will be dealing with dynamic IPs and not static, which right. isn't a problem as, uh, as I have also to set up. Uh, oh, DNS. Yeah to allow us and the customers to view the count results. I have basic networking skills. Can you suggest a way to solve this or point me to a site that I can look at? All this work is done under Ubuntu Linux 11.10. We'll be upgrading to 12.04 at some stage. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Robert Mel from Melbourne, wow. Australia. Robert, sounds like a... Good day, mate. Oh, pretty, <laughs> sounds like a pretty custom... Kind of a custom solution yeah. that you've got in place. The first thing that came to mind, and and Eric may have some feedback on this too, but when I think about setting up a um, a, an a, an IP network that simulates another IP network, I think about using virtualization. I think that's the easiest. Mm -hmm most cost-effective way to do it because no point in setting up individual machines to mimic other individual machines when you can use a free program such as VirtualBox, mm -hmm. install 
a copy of the operating system and then clone, 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 and now you've got three of them and set up each one with its own MAC address and its own IP address and then emulate the entire network as if it was a real network because you can set the IP addresses. Right. Right? You could... However, these are folks from outside, though. They're not in his network that he's having trouble with. But he, but he wants to emulate, Okay. Uh, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm misunderstanding, Robert, sounds like he's got this piece of software that's connecting out and doing this stuff, wants to create a virtual version of it so that he can do some testing internally. Is that, am I following right? Mm, perhaps. Okay, maybe he's just trying to figure out how to do it on somebody else's network and wants to yeah, like, simulate that. Work it out. That's that's how I took the question, Robert. Then then yeah. give them the solution, perhaps. Perhaps we don't understand the question. It's it's it's. Sir, a could you one. repeat that for me? <laughs> <laughs> little a little rewording. Um, but if that's the case, if that's if if I'm right about thinking that that's what you want to do, then I would say using VirtualBox, VirtualBox.org. Uh, you can get it in Synaptic Package Manager if you if you just want a quick, easy, free version on your Ubuntu system. And then just create virtual computer after virtual computer. If you want it to be web accessible, make sure you set it to a bridged uh, network interface controller rather than the the default, which I think is like NAT. So So is this like when you clone a computer, you need to do a new SID or something? Uh, Like a Mac? uh, Yeah. Or a UUID? Well, new SID, new... uh, Okay. I'm not sure. Well, each computer has its own ID on the network. Yeah. If you just clone oh, the it, Mac you need to change it. Yeah. The MAC address, yeah. Um, but the way I'm thinking about this is that if you were to create virtual computers and set each one up with the IP address that it would have in the okay, real so network yeah. and create like an internal virtual version of it, then you'd be able to basically be testing a real working environment with all the same settings. Sounds right. If I follow you. Okay, Robert, I, I hope so. Virtualbox.org, great piece of software for virtualization, fairly easy to use, fairly easy to get set up and going. And uh, just treat each virtual machine as if it's a real computer. So if you're setting it with a static IP address, for example, just pretend it's a real computer because that's really what it is. If you create it with an IP address... Okay. No, he's saying they had dynamic IPs on the other uh, networks. So remotely, yeah, and that's fine too. Like okay. you can you yeah. can set each... It's It literally, like I say, is like a real physical computer. So treat it that way when you're setting it up because each virtual machine, as far as itself is concerned and the other computers are concerned, as long as you've done the networking correctly, it's just another computer on your network and you can have one computer... If you've got a fairly powerful, you know, like uh, an i7 computer, you could probably have five or six or seven or eight computers running on that one computer fairly well. Geez, my P4, I have trouble having one computer running. (laughs) Well, you're not doing, we're not doing 3D or anything here, right? On that app, so. All right, so. Good luck, Robert. We have another question. All right. This one's from Art. Hey, Art. And hi, gang. In EP230 headless uh, virtual box, I ran across a problem. Oh, episode with 230. Okay. Re- oh, thank you. I for, just, thank you for that I just clued into that, yeah. I was like, EP what? <laughs> uh, in episode 230 <laughs> headless virtual box, I ran across a problem with remoting into host. When I tried to set up a new VM, it would only show little preview box, no full screen image. Ah. I went through your tutorial a couple of times and don't feel I missed anything. I did get a message about USB devices and had to disable in settings. That's when I go to settings in VM, I have created the video part. Uh, in the VM is created, the video part is not able to be changed. Let me know if anyone else has the same problem or if there is something I may have missed. Great show, Art. Thanks, Art. Sounds to me, and it's funny that it's a VirtualBox question because we were just talking yeah, about VirtualBox. That Virtual is kind of funny. Sounds to me like you need to install guest additions which is a part of VirtualBox. You can install those into your guest operating system. If you don't install them, they're basically the virtual network, mouse, video, that's the key thing for you, video drivers. Without installing those, you can't resize your desktop. You can't scale anything. Uh, Guest add-ons, Agamotto is correcting me. Uh, Thank you. Uh, but uh, in VirtualBox, you can install those. It's included with the software. You can download it off the website. I'm going to bring up VirtualBox real quick. Uh, let's see. VirtualBox. Ever since Oracle came in, I can't find it because it's no longer at V. <laughs> can't you just sort those by alphabet? 
<laughs> yeah, well, if you if you start up your virtual machine, then you're you're going to have a button that allows you to install your um, your guest add-ons easily enough. Guest add-ons. Guest yes, edition. That was the correction that Agamotto. That was, uh, yeah, I better say it. Pointed I, out. I thought it was additions. <coughs> Invincible. It now it's getting, it's getting rowdy in the chat room. Yep. Invincible Mutant saying, no, it's guest editions. And Agamotto yeah. back and forth. And Agamotto says, Guys, Aw. play Where nicely. Was no, right. it was... <laughs> 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 I think that's what you what you need. Let us know, Art, if that's, uh, if that's right or wrong. Um, guest editions, like I say, gives you the ability to scale your, uh, your window. <laughs> nerd rage. Raging nerdlings yeah. out there. Oh, Sorry. dear me. Dear oh, me. my goodness. Do we have time for another question, Eric? I think Before, we do. I hey. know you want to get into the news. And Hey, Robert. One question oh, per show, oh. mister. Oh, okay. Oh, is this okay. another? Oh, this is from, I thought he was calling this, me, Robert. I was about to stab no, him with the, my the, pen. This is Mr. <laughs> Gersinski one more time. Now he's... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Ubuntu 11.10 last time. Oh, he's changed. Now it's uh, 12.04. Okay. Hi, Robbie and Eric. I have been asked to build a computer system for a friend and have convinced them to use Linux as the operating system. Excellent. This is going to save them around $500 or so in not having to buy Windows Office, antivirus software, etc. Let's get out the calculator and figure, factor in the lifetime of the computer, $70 a year for this and that, and blah, blah, blah. It's more than 500 bucks, and you can tell them that. Wow. Think of all the cost savings. But think of all the good Bill Gates has done for the world. I mean, he's a Okay. I'm waiting for the for the cutoff signal in the okay, sorry. You know, like I just <laughs> experiencing yeah. technical difficulties. So I'm sure narrow, we're not going to get into that argument. Okay. We, yeah. Well, we might get into it. You know, <laughs> and don't bring in Steve. Oh. Okay. Uh, they are wanting to have a. Where was I? They are wanting to have a printer with this new system. Ah, yeah. Which brand of printer would be the easiest to get working under Linux? All are equally difficult to get working. What? I have only ever <laughs> used Canon brand printers under Linux, which can be a handful to get working. <clears throat> Thanks, Robert from Melbourne, Australia. Okay, so he's changed operating systems, right, but Robert. he's still well, in Melbourne. Well, this is for the, the computer for the friend, so it's obviously going to be the latest and greatest. I had a friend once, then they caught me hanging out here with you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. dear. Okay, Robert, uh, I would say these days... Technically, <laughs> most stuff is pretty easy to install on Linux, even more so than it is on Windows. Windows 7 and so on <laughs> has been getting better Sorry, and better. TikTok nailed that. Sorry. Oh? Yep. Yep. All right. Um, it, 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 things have gotten so easy with Linux and installing printer drivers and things like that, getting your printer up and running. Here's the thing. I'm going to bring up a website uh, called, let's see, Open Printing dot org slash database or is that database well no, this has been the first time we'll i've even tried database openprinting.org slash data you'll say that base okay so my friend here's here's the thing is that okay don't call me that unless you mean it i have <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, obviously. <laughs> Drink your coffee. <laughs> it's good. Yep, yes, dear. <laughs> the, the fact, like I said, it's really, really easy these days, but the open printing database helps us to see what printers, because this is your specific question, which printers are going to be easy to install on Linux. So that's where this comes in, because it's a repository of which printers are the easiest. And you'll see that it's rated by how well they work. Three perfectly. penguins. If it's three penguins, it's perfectly, which means perfect printers work perfectly. That eh, goes without saying. Thank you for that. Everything that the printer can do is working also under Linux and Unix. For multifunction devices, this must include scanning, fa faxing, etc. Because everybody needs to have a fax okay. machine these days. It's very, very important. <laughs> I always wonder why they still stick Getting those the in. straight facts from this guy. Oh, sorry. The fact is, now I've used lots and lots of printers. Brother is indeed an exceptional product. They make good products, but I've got a Brother printer. I use Brother printers, and they all work on Linux, and they actually have the Linux logo on the box. I love that. Wow. So 
that I really, really like. So let's go through the database. Up at the top. Two penguins. No, we're only dealing with three penguins. Okay, let's go. Yeah, we'll just deal with three. So now click on printers. Remember, we're at openprinting.org slash database. You'll remember because of Eric's quips about my pronunciation. Click on printers. And here's what we want to do. I think you nailed printers. I think you said that. Yeah, okay. Fine. So what do you want to do? You want to look at Canon printers? I would start, you know, do that. Show all. Here are the ones that work perfectly. And then it gets into the ones that work mostly. We don't want to bother with any of those. So let's look at Brother. I'm going to go back. Let's go Brother. Here are the ones that work perfectly. Oh, a Brother. Wow. That's a pretty long list. Look at Brother Go. Whew. Now we've got some that are mostly. Now, where does mine fall? I'm going to go 6490. Maybe it's not shown on the list. I don't know. I use the 6490 CDW, and it's not on the list, but it works perfectly. So they're not all there, so keep that in mind. But I think Brother is the way to go. But using this database, you can at least say which printer is available for a price that, that I a, like. That is a nice resource. Great resource. And the other thing that I keep in mind is what are the cartridges like in that printer? Are they a color cartridge and a black cartridge, which is more expensive? Or are they three color cartridges, like uh, CMY? And then black. Okay. Reason that it's usually cheaper to get the three cartridges plus the black is because if you print something that has a lot of blue skies in it, all of a sudden you're out of blue ink. Well, now you've got to toss your whole cartridge that's a color cartridge and replace it even though you've only run out of blue ink. So here with those kind of printers, you know, keep in mind that you you then will be able to uh, replace just the blue kind of thing, the cyan. Yeah, actually, ink is uh, one of the things I discovered with little printers. I mean, you can find a, a printer that does fabulous printing. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. for like under a hundred dollars, and it's an all-in-one cartridge, and you run. But they a- nail you on the consumables. Yeah, you know, exactly. The, the printer is like ninety dollars, and the cartridges are forty dollars, and they hold like half an ounce of. A- <laughs> Half an ounce of ink. This is the other thing that I really like about Brother because I think people know you know that we here at Category Five have pretty strong. ecological views or we you know we believe in being green as green as as can be possible and when you're talking about consumables a lot of that's it you take it throw it away and even to the to the point like lexmark it's like okay well here's a 20 dollar printer well what are you going to do with that you're not going to put 70 dollars worth of cartridges in it you're going to chuck it and you're going to buy another one so it's this disposable mentality so i stay away from that brother actually has a, a very specific environmental program where they they recycle cartridges they you know they create systems that are meant to be you know long lasting and high yield cartridges and things <coughs> like that so that matters to me um and you can recycle uh, cartridges as well which is important or get them refilled sometimes sometimes yeah we're going to be uh looking at some different cartridge options and ways that you can um that you can help save the earth with cartridges cuz th- those things are like deadly they they take so There's, long to biodegrade, yeah. you know, like thousands of years. It said so. When you think about that, like a toner cartridge taking, yeah, you know, I guess it's all theoretical because they haven't existed that long. But they would do tests and things and realize that wow, this is actually going to take a long time. Yeah, and you know, even even some things that are biodegradable, like you know, you get some yeah things that are biodegradable. That's way different from being compostable. You yeah, know? so oh, yeah. it may break down. But say it's a plastic bag. It may break down in 14 years, but it's still little tiny pieces of plastic as opposed yeah, to what is it compostable, which yeah. actually is, uh, you know, actually going back to being something maybe I know we digress. Yes. We, now and then it happens. Openprinting.org. So we've got the EcoAlkaline batteries, and I'm using those in all kinds of things. Yeah, me too. Just, you know, which is a, it's a good feeling. Hey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And I was thinking about it the other day. How, like, I do have some rechargeable batteries that I'm pulling out of some old stuff yeah. that that uh, I had been using rechargeables in. Now that they're dead, I'm replacing them with eco alkalines. And I'm realizing that yeah, you, people do chuck these in the garbage. They do. I mean, you know, when I was working at the TV station, we had a big bin that we'd, and then we'd, you know, send them where Recycle, they were supposed yeah. to go. But most people, you know, you've got one battery and they, they, they just, just think toss nothing it in the garbage. Yeah. 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 Uh, very so. very bad for the environment not a good thing no so eco-alkalines yeah much better because if they do end up in a landfill they will go away (laughs) without the chemical residue
Very, very important. All Eric, right. I know you're dying to get into the news. I am we're... dying to get into the news. I... <clears throat> okay, so here are the top stories from the Category 5 TV newsroom. A judge in California has blocked U.S. sales of Samsung's Galaxy Nexus smartphones while the court decides on the firm's patent dispute with Apple. U.S. District Judge Lucy Koh said Apple has shown a likelihood of establishing both infringement and validity. Earlier this week, she barred sales of Samsung's Galaxy Tab 10.1. I have one of those. Mm. In the U.S. until the case was resolved. Wow. Okay. A new brain scanner has been developed to help... Oh, a new one. A new brain scanner has been developed to help people who are completely paralyzed speak by enabling them to spell words using their thoughts. It uses functional magnetic resonance imaging, fMRI, to help patients choose between 27 characters, the alphabet, and a blank space. I was wondering what that 27th character was going to be. Each character produces a different pattern of blood flow in the brain, and uh, the device interprets these patterns. How dare you call Eric Kidd at this time? (laughs) I told you never to call me here. (laughs) That's pretty wild. That's like the closest thing to reading one's mind as far as that goes. I wonder how far that can go. That's kind of... Kind of freaky. Kind of neat. Viewers may soon be able to watch movies on soap bubbles after researchers developed a technology to project images on a screen made of soap film. An international team produced a display that uses ultrasonic sound waves to alter film's properties and create either a flat or 3D image. The bubble mixture is more complex than the one sold in stores for children, but soap is still the main ingredient. The team says the display is the world's thinnest transparent screen. Unreal. That is pretty, pretty cool. I wonder if it's like really expensive bubbles. You know? Like you got to pay like $200 for the solution. And then when the kids get a hold of it. Let's do some bubble. (laughs) You'd be like, no! Oh, my goodness. A U.S. court has ordered Twitter... I was almost going to digress into another story. Yeah, careful with that. (laughs) A U.S. court has ordered Twitter to release old messages and details about a user arrested during an Occupy Wall Street protest in New York. The microblogging firm contested the subpoena, saying the tweets were owned by users rather than the company. Earlier, the American Civil Liberties Union commended Twitter for defending free speech rights. However, the judge wrote in his decision, If you post a tweet, just like if you scream it out the window, there is no reasonable (coughs) expectation of privacy. But Twitter challenged the subpoena, arguing that the judge had misunderstood how the service worked. Nevertheless, the judge said he would personally review the information and would only release the relevant sections to prosecution and defense lawyers. Hmm. Twitter expressed disappointment, saying, We continue continue to have a steadfast commitment to our users and their rights. You can get the full stories at Category5.tv Newsroom. The Category5.tv Newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at Category5.tv. For the Category5.tv Newsroom, I'm Eric Kidd. Thanks, Eric. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Cordery Electric. They are the official electrical company of Category 5 Technology TV. Find out more about them by uh, emailing them or visiting their website, CorderyElectric.com, just as it appears on your screen there. And also, GardengateFarms.com for certified organic broccoli sprout and wheatgrass juice. Visit them online at www.GardengateFarms.com. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Nice to have you here. You'll find us online, www.Category5.tv. And, uh, yeah, we've got some exciting stuff to cover tonight. Uh, Eric, thanks for running through the news there. Yeah, running through it with what little voice I have left. Speaking of news, uh, I know Colorado Springs has been hit with some major fires uh, since the last show. I did not know that. Yeah, it was very severe. And I just want to say to those of you who are viewing from Colorado Springs, or uh, even if it's after the fact, I'm just very thankful that you're okay. Um, I know that it was quite a crisis situation, and there's going to be some some major challenging times ahead for a lot of you. So we just want to let you know that we're thinking of you. Strager joining us in the chat room tonight from Colorado Springs. Nice to see you, and nice that uh, that you and your family are safe. Yes, indeed. 
All right, tonight we are looking at how to add security to our website. And by security, I'm not talking about a firewall or uh, some kind of software firewall that's going to prevent people from accessing ports. What I'm talking about is a database-driven service that's basically almost cloud-based, getting data from uh, outside of your own server and blocking things like open proxies. So if somebody's trying to get into your website using some kind of masking technique so that you can't tell who they are. Uh, if they're trying to, let's say their IP address is known to be a, a bad spammer, they spam a lot, uh, then you might as well stop those people from being able to access your website or at least redirect them or something like that. Uh, maybe you've got a service that you're selling that's only available in the UK and so you don't want people making purchases from Canada. So you can actually block Canada from being able to make purchases on that website, for example. Just throwing out a couple of examples for you, but essentially, if somebody's going to be accessing a website through an open proxy, generally speaking, other than things like being, you know, having a website blocked, like was the case, I know a lot of people in China had to previously use an open proxy, for example, to access Category 5 TV because some of our services were blocked. Now that's not the case. However, if you're running an e-commerce site and somebody's using an open proxy to access your website, chances are pretty good they're doing something malicious. There's usually not a reason to, uh, to do that. Other example would be if you're hosting videos in such a way that it that copyright law says that you're only allowed to display it in the United States of America. So you may need to do more than just blocking um, people by geolocation. You may have to block people using this type of technology. So tonight we're going to look at a program called Block Script. You can find it at blockscript.com. Heading on over to their website just to give it a quick look. There it is. It's just a simple looking website, but as far as what the technology is of this service, it's fantastic. You're going to block proxies, block anonymity networks. Hard to say, hard to block. I thought this you said it, it very well, Robbie. Thank you. <laughs> Here's another good one. You're going to be able to block bad bots and scrapers. These are the guys that go through Google, that go through the search engine standards. You work so hard to get your good standings in the search yeah. engines. And then these bots go through the search engines, crawl the results, and then hit all these websites with DDoS attacks, with oh. massive spam. They look for contact forms, and they submit post after post after post. And that's where you're getting a lot of the, the fake email that looks like garbled messages oh, and yeah. things like that. So we're going to be able to block those bad bots and scrapers. We're going to be able to block entire countries, as I was saying, block by user language. We can, uh, uh, oh, it's got a super easy install process. We're going to look at all that. So it looks like that's kind of the summary as far as that goes. So let's grab a copy of BlockScript. I'm just going to download it. There we go. Done and done. This is not a free application, but I do have a coupon for you for $25 off of the cost to protect your domain. So stick around. We're going to be giving to the, that to you uh, right at the end of the segment. So now that I've downloaded that, here's the script. That's what it looks like. I'm going to download. I'm going to extract that, extract that to my computer so that I can upload it to my server. Okay. Lock script. There we go. Okay. Nice and simple. Three files. You'll notice if you do look at the source, this is an encrypted proprietary code. This is not open source software. And so what that means is that you are going to require on your hosting package the Ion Cube loader. That's not a problem for most. Um, certainly, you know, we use DreamHost here at Category 5. We're able to install that just with a custom PHP uh, INI file. No problem at all. So for you, just keep in mind, if you do have trouble, that that may be something that you are going to need. So let's bring up a website here. I'm going to go to this quick one that I created. Please protect me. I am a helpless PHP script. And we're going to bring it up in a proxy. So a proxy being, you know, the anonymity kind of system that uses a third-party server to connect okay. into websites and block my private information. So let's go to free proxy server. X server. Did you add oh, an X in there? I did, yeah. Thank you. Freeproxyserver.ca is one that I'll use tonight. Paste in my domain. There we go. Please protect me. There it is. Okay. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this script and we're going to actually upload this script to my web host. So it's a, P you know, it's a PHP script. Nice and easy to do. So I'm going to connect in by 
FTP or SFTP in my case. Here we go. And there's my index file that's hosting up that little bit of text. So from there, let's grab block script, uncompressed, and upload it to my server. There we go. Now in your browser, go to your domain slash block script. And if everything went well and you've got the stuff installed, which I do, there we go. So I've got access to it. Now, had I not had IonCube Loader installed, it would have warned me that there is no IonCube Loader, and oh, so it okay. can't execute the program. It's quite ingeniously given me a plain text password that the entire world now knows. So uh, that, uh, you know, that you go ahead and use an open proxy to hack me out now. Okay. That's fine. So keep that in mind. If the hackers that are going to be hacking your website are looking over your shoulder, change your password. <laughs> okay, set password and continue. Let's go. Enter my email you address. That down? Do you remember what it was? Do I need it? Oh, goodness me. I probably do, too. Let's hope not. Sorry, I was going to... I was gonna, oh, there, oh, there it, is. it is. Password set. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I was going to ask you that before you hit... Uh, Let's just pop it into a text editor just in case. There we go. Seems it's in like good, it seems like a good idea to me. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I mean, all the hackers out there know it. Yeah. You should know it, too. Yeah. That'd be a good idea. Just I can't rewind the video as easy as you. <laughs> All right, so I've entered my email address. I have, of course, read the agreement. Do read the, the agreement. And the foregoing and agree to be bound yes. by all of its terms. Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that so eloquently. Oh, did you? Oh, you read it. Amazing. Okay, so now <laughs> it's actually activating the software through their servers and throwing it up on my system with a seven-day trial. You'll see my free trial is now active, and I've got six hours. You're one minute into it. Or six days, 23 hours, and 59 minutes. All right. So what you can do is after you purchase it, you can enter your license key, and it will be done and done. You can add it to your cart, and this is important. Use the coupon code CATEGORY5, okay? And that's going to actually give you $25 off of the cost and take it down to only 174. That's just to show you the quick coupon code. So now let's go to integration and it's going to give me the PHP code to include this in my website. So let's paste that into the source code of my index.php and I want this to happen at the very very beginning of everything that goes on in my PHP file. I'm gonna save that, upload it to my server, and then refresh. So we'll go. There we go. You'll see that the script doesn't look any different, doesn't load any slower. I've done benchmarks and it works really, really well. And I'm still able to access it from freeproxyserver.ca. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through our options. So what do we want to do? Do we want to block hosting net blocks? Read the descriptions, find out what you would like to do. I'm going to say yes to that. I'm going to say yes to uh, tech support net blocks. Block Tor, if you want to or not. Again, read the descriptions. You'll know all about these things uh, and what they mean. They're, they're very quite verbose here. Allow translation service. Like, do you want Google to be able to translate your website? Because that acts as if it's a proxy. Do you want to check headers? Do you want to validate search engine bots so that they have to be legitimate? Uh, reverse DNS lookups. That's going to slow you down. So try with or without. Let's make sure that I've blocked open proxies. Yes. Okay. Block open proxies. Now I'm going to save these settings. There we go. Now let's see if all goes well and there's no cache. Then what actually happens? Now some of these proxy services do in fact cache websites after they've been visited. So I'm going to just try it. And it is, it is seemingly cached. Let's try a different one. You like that one? I like that. Yeah. Okay, so I've, I've loaded one that I've never loaded the site with before. I entered... Oh, come on, you can say it. Y yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so I've entered the website, Robbie. and I've 
hidden my arse. Okay, there we go. And you notice it's not showing me the website. It's blocked. It can't let me in. This is, the, this is basically the error page that they're providing me with because they can't access the site through the open proxy because okay. that quickly I've secured up my website and blocked open proxies from being able to access my website. So imagine, you know, I've got uh, a website that really legitimately is selling product and I don't want people to be able to use open proxies to be able to access it. It can be it can be very problematic if somebody is accessing it and spoofing their IP address, getting right. around your security. This will protect you. Block script, of course, as you saw there, with your coupon code category 5 is going to be $174 for your first domain. So that's in, you know, let's say for us, it would be category5.tv. Then if I wanted to also put it on Eric's website or another website that I own, maybe RobbieFerguson.net or whatever else, maybe my blog at baldnerd.com, if I wanted to protect those, now the prices drop down because I've got my site license. Now it's only twenty dollars per domain extra. Oh, okay. okay. So it's not like one hundred seventy-four <coughs> bucks each time. It's one hundred seventy-four dollars gets you into the software, and then twenty dollars per additional domain. So, and you'll see again, and I'm just kind of running through all these settings, but the configuration options are vast, and they're well laid out so that you know if you want to just block open proxies, fine, no problem. Do you want to allow Tor through? for some reason, right? There are so many different things that you can do. This is where things get a little more complicated, uh, or complex, I should say, not complicated. It is still as simple as saying yes or no. Reverse DNS lookups basically means that it's going to reverse the connection on the IP address that's connecting to your server and verify that it's legitimate. Okay. So it's very, very, um, it, it's like hardcore protection for your server. Could slow that could slow down your site ever so slightly, probably minimal, but you can do benchmarks to find out. What what's Tor? Why would you want to block it? Tor is like uh, is an open proxy network, and there are um, versions of Linux, for example, that come that come with Tor. Okay, it's it allows you to surf completely anonymously. Um, it, it can be used for for good, like just protecting your your privacy. Some people will want to do that to to protect. You know, they're they're online surfing, but a lot of hackers use it as well. Okay. Right, because it protects them from being visible on the web. So you may want to block Tor from your website, depending on the nature of it. Now we're pretty lax as far as that kind of thing goes here, because we want everybody to have access to it. But there are certain situations where you want to protect yourself. Check out blockscript.com excellent piece of software and you can see how incredibly simple that was to install now is this just a, a linux no it's it's a, it's a php thing. script yeah, so, right okay, so. so you host it on your web server um and and then you add it to the headers of your file just like i did oh i've closed it now but um my index.php i put it at the very top of that most okay. websites are going to have one file that you can add it to. It might be includes slash header dot php. So if you've got that on your index file, but somebody's got a link to something in a, that's, a little deeper into your... Yeah, that's what I'm evading to with like a, okay. an included header file, for oh, example, okay. or some, you know, your website probably has something that right, happens right. before yeah. it outputs the HTML end of the PHP code. So, but it is simple to set up. You can also set it up with HT access. So that solves that. You don't have to use a PHP include. What if you've got an HTML website or an ASP website? Um, then you wouldn't be able to do a PHP include, but you can use, if it's Apache, you can use HT Access. There are other ways to protect it as well. True. Um, again, integration on the block script menu shows you here are the HT Access codes to add. And then there are actually plugins for third-party things like vBulletin, VHMCS, WordPress, MyBB, and Drupal. There's API as well. If you're a coder and you want to create your own connector, it is the end-all, be-all protector for open proxies and keep yourself safe. So again, this kind of it uses whitelists, blacklists, and the ability to connect into the block script server. They maintain an up-to-date kind of log of web traffic. So if <coughs> let's just say, for example. I've got BlockScript on my e-commerce site. Somebody tries to hack into my site. BlockScript says, whoa, this is a hacker, and it blocks them. Now, all of a sudden, Joe Blow, who's got it running on his store website, 
halfway across the world is using BlockScript. It's connecting to the same database, and before they even get to the chance to try to hack that site, it already says, nope, denied, uh. because you tried to hack over there. So it's it's kind of, that's why I kind of compare it to the cloud-based architecture. It is going out on the web, getting that information, finding out about that connection, and then deciding whether it's allowed or not. Nice. And that's to put it in a nutshell. Very, very quick tutorial on BlockScript. Again, save 25 bucks. Use the coupon code CATEGORY5 at BlockScript.com. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You'll find us online, www.category5.tv. And we are out of time. That went by quite quickly. goes by quickly. You know, it goes by way quicker when you get here at about three seconds to showtime. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Great to see everybody in the chat room. TikTok, Agamotto, Strager. Yes, give you, you shouts. folks are Emil, looking good. Emil, 1976. Robert F. Ron Smith. Tons of people in the chat room tonight. Nice to see you, Andrew. Chaz Linux, nice to have you joining us from here in Ontario, Canada. Eight miles from TJ. Hey, GWG. So, like I say, that's all the time we have, folks. But uh, you have a great week next week. It's just as well. I'm out of coffee now. Yeah, out of coffee. So. What are we going to do about that? All right. Don't forget, uh, get your postcards in. Two weeks' time, July 17th, we're going to be giving away another Magic Jack. Cards and letters coming in. Keep them coming. All right, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, Eric. Great to see you, man. Good to be back. Cheers. I may even show up again next week if you're nice. Hey! We'll see. You heard it, folks. All right. Take it easy. (laughs) See ya.